So um, I want to show a couple of video clips today just uh, there to do with current sort of things that are going on. So if we could bring the uh, blinds down and the, the lights down in the house. Um, a couple of things that have just grabbed my attention, uh, particularly the, um, the light, thunder and lightning over this last week, particularly last weekend, the lightning in the clouds, and, uh, and also the, um, the volcano on, on Hawaii. Have you been seeing pictures of that? They're just extraordinary things that are part of this creation that we live in. Um, and uh, last week I brought attention to, to a passage in Job where it talks about God holding lightning in his hands. And, uh, and he makes sure it hits its mark. Um, but also I've been thinking about that uh, the volcanoes, that the eruption of a volcano is, is basically the eruption of the, the substance of the earth to the surface of the earth. We live on a little crust of the earth um, it's like the skin but actually basically the most most the bulk of of planet earth is actually made up of molten lava and when it rises to the surface it has a pretty dramatic effect so joe do you want to roll those go volcano first i think so that's volcanic lava just rolling this is a time-lapse photography so it doesn't quite go that fast so you do see people get close to it and then sort of make an exit from it. But that is just consuming a car right now. Now it's going gonna, it's gonna to get through this barrier without too much difficulty. Who, who can withstand that? Or what can withstand that? I don't think there's a, a force on earth that can withstand this. Not even the sea can withstand it. When, it, when that eruption happens under sea, the sea can't withstand it. It just forms mountains under the sea. Isn't that amazing? And Joe, we've got the next one. This is so. This is over London last week. This is lightning basically going within the clouds. Not much of it touching the earth. It's mainly up in the clouds. Occasionally, you get a, a hit down on Earth. That's all happening within clouds, which are water vapor. So, how much power is there in a cloud? There you go. Anybody get caught out in the rain on Tuesday? Somebody did. That would have been an experience, wasn't it, actually? The rain round here on Tuesday was something else. So much so that Sainsbury's got flooded out and closed. Sainsbury's up the road. So Sainsbury's was closed on Tuesday because of the rain that <laughs> cascaded down and then obviously down the car park and through and it went right through the whole building, as I understand it, and Sainsbury's was closed over. So... And I was thinking about, you know, I, I, I am a scientist, so I understand some of the science, but it still amazes me that you can look at a cloud. The cloud up there in the sky right now, that is simply water vapour. Isn't it? You think, well, that's not much. But within it can be contained power beyond earthly control. The, the only way you can deal with that is to actually, you know, try and uh, find a way for it to touch earth safely. You know, there were pictures. Do you see there's a picture of some, some poor lady's house and the lightning strike basically blown the roof off her house, literally. You know, so, so, so I've been thinking about this and I've reminded of um, Andy Merrick's prophecy to us about um, God wanting to bring revival to the southeast of England. Remember that one? And that, that he, it wasn't just a generic thing. He, he, he said this is only the second place that he's felt 
God uh, uh, enable him or allow him to release this prophetic word. The other place was actually in, in uh, Southern California, in San Diego. And, uh, but the, 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 sort of the, the key specifics of that prophecy was that it was going to be like in the days of Noah, when you had the, not just the, the floods uh, due to the rain of heaven, but also the, the water coming out of the earth. And I thought these two things, the volcano and, and the lightning and the cloud, they're exactly the same. So, so the, the volcano is literally something coming from within the substance of the earth. <clears throat> and it's unstoppable, isn't it? You wouldn't choose to put anything in its path and think, oh, that'll stop it. <laughs> yep, yep, got, we've, got a, we've got a volcano-proof fence. or, we got, or you, you, you cannot think of anything, can you, on earth that, that we could literally stand in its way there isn't anything <clears throat> and then that lightning in the clouds there's nothing you can stop that lightning happening in the clouds it's just it's, it's created but what's interesting is when it hits the earth yeah there's power and, and it speaks to me that God has got God has got all the power he wants but he is looking for it to hit its mark he's looking for places where it can land in a way that won't be destructive but will be creative remember when, when Peter rebuked James and John said, we'll call down fire from heaven and we'll destroy that place. Remember that that he said there, because they weren't believing in Jesus. And what was Jesus' response to them? He says, you're of the wrong spirit. You're thinking wrong. But that's not how I do things. Now, it's a new covenant. God's God's power is not released to destroy, but to build up. He, He has given us authority to build up. But it has also actually given us authority to, to destroy. So what has God given us the authority to destroy? Any act of darkness. Anything that's evil, basically, he has, he has given us authority and power to destroy evil. But to build up people. And I want to, want to just elaborate on that a little bit further today. I've just been thinking about this quite a lot. Um, and I had an incident recently um, where I had to be involved in a sort of quite a frank interaction with some people um, who had uh, behaved in a way that had caused a degree of um, upset and difficulty um, and and particularly with some sort of unhelpful language towards somebody else within within our church community um, and I needed to sort of speak the truth in love into that situation because and just bringing a correction and also rebuke, actually, to, because that's, that's necessary to, because, and, and, and doing that in such a way that has that left the potential for everybody being built up, not destroyed. That, that's, that's how authority should be. Now, not everybody responds like they want to be built up because everybody has their choice of how they respond to being corrected. So if I, if I ask you a question, how good are you at being corrected? Not very. Okay, that's, that's okay, that's, that's it's a good open admission. <laughs> Do you make any mistakes? Ah, so would you like to learn from your mistakes? So I would suggest you being open to corrections is a really good idea then, because otherwise your mistakes will just multiply up. See, correction is, is, is everybody makes mistakes. And, and, and mistakes need to be corrected for learning's sake. Mistakes are different to, to, to rebelliousness. Yeah, you, you rebuke that which is harmful, you correct that, which is a mistake. Yeah. Um, so this led me on to thinking about actually <clears throat> what it is to resist the devil, because the, 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 uh, well, the person that I was actually particularly 
defending um, in our environment with this, this conversation um, with a person who had actually been accused against. Uh, um, telling me afterwards what a profound effect it had had upon them of actually being protected in, in, in that way and actually what it felt like. And they were asking me how I'd, how I'd done this. So I was thinking, oh, how did I do this? How did I? Because the, the, the people on the other side, they also came out built up and better. Good, because they, they interacted with a, with a, with a correction in, in a helpful way. Uh, so it made me think, well, what does it mean to resist the devil? Um, and also we would say, okay, because <clears throat> what's the devil trying to do? Steal, kill, and destroy. Um, he's also trying to stop, I would suggest he's trying to stop the flow of heaven to earth. That's, if, if we, he can stop that flow. So, so we could say, whoa, who can stop the Lord Almighty? We sing that song. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? No one, no one. No one, no one. Well, actually, it's not quite true. <laughs> it, it, uh, it, uh, it's not quite like a volcano. Because God doesn't just roll over like a volcano, taking everything in his way. See, we can stop the Lord Almighty. By our unbelief. By our attitudes. We can stop the flow of heaven. What happened at Nazareth? At Nazareth, Jesus couldn't do the miracles there. They stopped the flow of heaven by their unbelief. <coughs> um, and so I want to look at that. And I want to look at a, um, a passage that just, again, it, it just came to me recently. Um, I think I've got a fresh understanding on this, so I'm going to uh, share this with you. And I think it makes sense, and I hope it will make sense to you. So it's the story of Matthew 16, um, and uh, <clears throat> I'm reading from the NIV. If it comes up on the screen, that's fine. If not, listen in. From verse 13, it says, Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? You'll be familiar with this story. They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. How would you feel if Jesus said, gave you those words? Sheesh, especially special, yeah. Well, that's real. Just record that. Get it on your get, get your iPhone out. Make sure you got those. This is this is what Jesus told me. Ooh. And then it goes on. Wow! It says, <clears throat> and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Wow! <clears throat> I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. I think, I think Jesus be feeling, uh, Peter would be feeling pretty special right now. Yeah, he's got a, got a destiny. Nothing's going to stop me. No one can overcome me. I'm going to play a key part in the kingdom coming to earth. Yeah. Uh, so it goes on. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that you must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside in his newfound 
wisdom and, and authority decided that, that having been given this great accolade that, that, that uh, Jesus, right, you and I just come this way a moment. I understand, I understand you're saying something, but um, that's not going to happen. This should, <laughs> never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. <laughs> Can you see this? I want, I want to tell you one of the most dangerous points for you is your moment of success spiritually. When pride can knock at your door. For me, this was the story of, uh, of when I was at the Palme Indians in Mexico. After I'd seen that young lad healed of quadriplegia. And then God had to take me aside when I was trying to raise a baby from the dead that same day. Because my thinking and attitude was wrong. So, um, <clears throat> Jesus actually says something. And you'll be familiar. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. And that's a kind of a different <laughs> interaction. Oh, hey, I thought I was, hey, hey, hold on a minute. Excuse me. Uh, let's, let's just go back to that previous conversation, if you don't mind. Because, hey, what happened to the nothing's overtake me, keys of the kingdom, build your, uh, what, what's this, what's this Satan malarkey? What, 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 excuse me. Uh, uh, and look, I'm trying to look after you. Why does this get such a stinging rebuke? And that is, that is harsh. Or is it? Does that seem harsh to you? Seems harsh to me. Huh? But I've got maybe some other ideas on it now. So. It says, you are a stumbling block to me. Hmm. In other words, you're stopping the flow of heaven to earth. You do not have in mind the concerns of God or what's called the thoughts of God. You're not thinking God's thoughts, but merely human concerns. And that just made me think of the differentiation that, that we have between two sorts of wisdom in James chapter 3. It says there's a difference between heaven's wisdom, God's wisdom, and human wisdom. God's wisdom is pure, uncontaminated. Human wisdom is contaminated. And basically what happened here, that, that Peter's mind had got contaminated. So he wasn't actually thinking the thoughts of God. Because what he, ha- he got revelation, he had the thoughts of God. Yeah? You're the Messiah, this had been revealed to him. Then, hey, I'm special. Right, let me just think this stuff through on my own over here, because I've got this position. Yeah. So, so what, what, is, what is Jesus trying to, to do here? Because I would suggest to you, he, he, this is really important. He's trying to help Peter. Not, in, in any rebuke, there's a... You know, Jesus is not just leaving him. He's not saying, Ugh, tch, I, mean, I have to look for somebody else to give some revelation to. Bring on the next one. You, you, you completely fluffed your lines. You know, this is... Because actually... <laughs> I love the story of Peter. You do get him once and all. You know? So following on from this is you're going to deny me three times. No, nope, definitely won't. Yeah, you will. No, won't. Yeah, you will. No, won't. There's three times right there. (laughs) I I find it fascinating that Jesus didn't tell Peter that he was going to deny him in order to stop him denying him, but to warn him that he would do it anyway. Interesting. You would have thought, I'm going to tell you not to do it. When he said, I won't do it, he said, actually, yes, you're going to do it. It was amazing. But what did Jesus do with Peter after Jesus was raised from the dead, he found him and restored him back to what he'd given him, that he's the Peter that he's going to build the church around. 
Now, as I was thinking about this, it's interesting, isn't it? That, that, so, who's he, who's he saying to get behind him? Who, Jesus, who is Jesus not embracing? Satan. See, that's Jesus resisting the devil. The devil trying to influence him through a human being, a close human being. So when, when we talk about spiritual warfare, I don't know what you think about primarily spiritual warfare. It's one of those, you can buy books on it, you know, um, and there's all sorts of things you can do. For me, spiritual warfare is, 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 is uh, usually a lot closer to home than people actually try and make out. Um, because if they make it out there, then that's a deception. Do you know the greatest place where spiritual warfare goes on? It's between your ears. It's the, it's the mind. It's a battle for your mind. It's, it's Peter, Peter allowed something to invade his, his mind. He, his thoughts weren't God's thoughts. He was, you know, so, so, so the battle, spiritual battle. So where do you need to resist the devil most? In your mind. It's, it's, it's down to what, what informs your mind is, 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 is the important thing. So <clears throat> um, what do you think the devil is going to try and tempt you to do or think the most, and, and I will answer it for you because there's all sorts of things because we come up with, because ah! you know, if, if Peter committed adultery or something, you know, we might have understood such a rebuke. Yeah, if he, if he, you know, he got less of a rebuke for chopping somebody's ear off. He did. What? Well, why such a strong rebuke? Well, because basically he, 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 he's saying you're not lining up. With, 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 with the thoughts of God. <clears throat> so again, it took me back to um, the Garden of Eden. What, what was the temptation in the Garden of Eden? The, the essence of the temptation in the Garden of Eden was to disbelieve the nature of God, I would suggest, and the words of God, and the intentions of God. So did God say that? Is God withholding something from you? He's not that good, really. No, we've sung it. He, he is good. Is he good? Is he good all the time? Now, do you think that thought is going to be challenged in your mind? Yeah. Oh, yeah, but, 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 yeah, hey, what about that person who didn't get healed? Oh, not sure he saw it so good now. Oh, oh, you know, I'm praying for something. It's not happening. Is he, is he really that good? Yeah. Oh, and sometimes we blame God for things that actually, that it's not him that's causing the blockage. Now, again, I, I do believe in spiritual warfare at another place, which is in, in the heavenly realms. You know, in Daniel, it talks about when, when the angels got caught up for 21 days, so that that's not within our control whatsoever. Yeah. And that there's that point of persevering in prayer until the answers do arrive from heaven. But actually, in the story of Daniel, it says that on the first day you prayed, your prayers were heard. See, God hears straight away, but sometimes there's delay in the delivery now, sometimes the, the delay might be heavenly. We, we need to keep going. But actually, sometimes the delay is actually down to us. We can block <coughs> reception. There's another one that says, Luke, Luke 8, 18 says this, um, Consider carefully how you listen. He who has, more will be given to him. He who has not, even what he has, will be taken from him. That, that's confusing. Does that seem fair or unfair? That's it. Ooh, hold on a minute. That doesn't seem fair. If you've got, got, you get more. And if you haven't, you... No, it says, he who has not, somebody who considers they haven't got, even what he has, they lose, effectively. So it's talking about the same thing is presented to people, and it's how you listen to what 
how your mind interacts with, with that opportunity. So I can give a testimony. I've done this many times. You give testimonies of healing, and somebody latches onto it with faith and says, Yeah, God, I'm ready, I'll take it on. Somebody else listens to it through the, the disappointment. And then, yeah, well, great. God didn't heal my mum, my dad, my, yeah? All these are very real issues. You see, God didn't, God didn't heal my mum of cancer. Is he good? Yes. Do I believe he still wants to heal everybody? Yes. I have to hold on to that. What's the problem? The problem is that somehow the, 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 the devil has got a stronghold into thinking in our cultural reality, which is, which is in our nation and in our churches, a cultural stronghold of unbelief that we are battling to overcome. Yeah, that, that, that's, there is a cultural reality within our nation <coughs> and even within our churches of the problem of unbelief. We are tempted to disbelieve the, the nature of God. We're tempted to disbelieve what he says. We're tempted, yeah, we're tempted to disbelieve his, his intentions. That is the temptation that the devil will always try and put before us. And I, I would suggest you can see <coughs> um, the fruit of temptation in that realm will be an erosion of trust and an increase of suspicion. Okay. Peter had another one, didn't he? When Jesus wanted to wash Peter's feet, he said, oh, no way. Interesting. No way. No way are you washing my feet. And then Jesus says something quite strong. He says, if you don't let me wash your feet, nothing, you've got no part in me. Hold on a minute. And then he says, oh, well, you better, better wash all of me. You better wash all of me. <laughs> Not just my feet. You see, I love his heart. He wants everything in. He just, he just doesn't quite get it all the time. It's a, it's a, it's a, Jesus, you're not quite getting it, are you? I, I am servant. This is, this is your model of how authority will work on earth. You serve humanity. You know what? You should never be too big a leader to put chairs out. Make a cup of tea. Make a cup of coffee. It bothers me when Christian leaders need bodyguards. <laughs> I understand sometimes it's necessary, because I actually was going somewhere once where it was pretty dangerous, and I was offered a bodyguard um, until I realized that the person I was going to be traveling with had a, had a, 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 a contract hit on their life. And so I, in the end, declined to go to this country. Um, but... Um, <clears throat> There, I would have taken a good bodyguard until my friend said, actually, no bodyguards are paid, and sometimes it's the highest price that wins. <laughs> my friend said, you could be in the guards, in the car with a bodyguard, but if somebody's paid a higher price, you're more in danger than if you'd. That just blew insight. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> so, how do you, how do you resist what Jesus was doing? He was resisting, effectively, ungodliness coming at him from a person would you like to be able to do that you can now because that's not being unkind to people that's being kind because if you if you if you embrace somebody else's ungodliness towards you you just encourage their ungodliness which isn't good for them is it so to be able to distinguish what's godly and what isn't godly is quite important which is why you have to know what heaven is like we have to know what God is like. Um, and again, this is, this is just a thought coming out, is, is 
What was it that Adam and Eve were told not to ingest? Fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. I mean, one thing, though, you don't need that. You don't want that wisdom. Why? Because it will kill you. Where were they going to get their wisdom from? God himself. Walking with them in the cool of the day. From the tree of life, which they were able to... They had the tree of life. They had the tree of life. They had the person of God actually walking with them in the... Their, their, their wisdom was dependent upon their relationship and their life in God rather than human understanding. I think that's what that's talking about. So I would suggest that you need to be able to resist, in a way, ungodliness that is, that is offered to you in a way that, 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 so you don't take it on board. And also, as best you can, you offer other people an explanation of why they should not actually be transmitting it or receiving it into their own lives. Because I think if we do that, then we will create a culture where the volcanic lava will have far more of its way flowing through the earth. Yeah? Um, So, I'm going to give you some tips on that. And too many tips to fit into however long I've got left. So, I'm preaching again in a couple of weeks, so we'll probably pick it up there. So... How do you recognize your true enemy? Because our battle is not against flesh and blood. So let, let, me, let, me, read, um, let me read. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 says this. For we, though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And, this is, and then verse 6, we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. Now again, that, 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 that sounds extremely strong language. And I'm going to try and explain that before I get through this sermon, and then I'll come back probably in a couple of weeks to, to deal with this more. But <clears throat> see, we, we don't wage war as the world does. Our wisdom should not be worldly wisdom. It's godly wisdom because God wants to give us weapons that demolish strongholds. Strongholds are are demonic attachments of thinking in people's minds. How do you you demolish strongholds? It says by taking every thought captive. Um, And it also talks about that these strongholds, they set themselves up against the knowledge of God. That the the devil's tactics are are, to set in, in place mindsets that the that that effectively go against people discovering who God is, including yourself. They set themselves up against the knowledge of God. That's the purpose. Strongholds are there to stop you knowing God and to stop other people knowing God through you or to get a distorted view of God. I would suggest you so much of the world is not attracted to God because of a distorted view of God. Yeah? So we, we have weapons and... We need to take thought every captain. Where is it to make it obedient to Christ? That's not a slavery, um, because again, if you if you process that verse through a slavery mentality, I'm just a slave of God rather than the Son of God, um, then you'll slavishly try and obey the rules. But what Romans uh, chapter one verse five says that we are called to an obedience that comes from faith, which is trust. Okay. Now, I've used this illustration before, but you know, if you've got a recipe book at home, you want to, want to try a new recipe, 
what's sensible to do. Follow the recipe rather than think, oh, I know better. Yeah. It didn't really mean six eggs. I haven't got six eggs. I've only got two. That'll work, won't it? <laughs> no, you, you obey instructions. Why? Because that person probably is wiser than you in that department. So it makes it sensible to trust that they have a better opinion on that. That's obedience. Does God have a better opinion on everything than you do? Yeah, he does. Is he smarter than you in every, every area, every department? Yeah. So what is, what is sensible to do is, is obey him rather than think, ah, oh, well, yeah, I know God thinks that, but this is, but I've got him, I've got him sorted. <laughs> uh, Jesus, we're not doing that, by the way. I know you think that's a good idea, but no, we're doing this. That, that's, 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 that's distrust, isn't it? That's placing, that's pride. God opposes the proud. Once you put your thoughts above God's, you become proud. Then God opposes the proud. I always thought, I don't want God on the opposition. Not going to win. Doesn't matter how strong your side is, you'll win. But he gives grace to the humble. Humble is actually placing yourself in a place of learning and obedience. Yeah? We, we do it throughout life. It's not, it, obedience is, 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 is a normal response to actually other people's uh, wisdom and knowledge in, in an area. What happens if you step outside of that to the place where you decide that actually I'm not paying God? Well, it, that, is, that is destructive. Yeah? We live in a world that's, that, that, that has the fruit of destruction in it because of, of the act of disobedience back in the Garden of Eden, which was you can't really trust God. So, so what you're saying is, is, is that you, when it says punish, it's not like, you know, you know, whip yourself on the back with a whip or, or do yourself down. It's actually, how rigorous are you going to be in keeping your mind God? How, how determined, how ruthless will you be with yourself to keep your mind in God's way? And I'm just going to tell you one or two things that, that I think you have to be absolutely ruthless with <coughs> that are definitely uh, ungodly and the number one is fear God has not given us a spirit of fear but love, power and a sound mind so fear is not part of God's sound mind caution is not godly wisdom fear of man how much do you need other people's approval to feel good about yourself Fear of rejection. Fear of disappointment, which is the usual reason given in the realms of not praying for the sick or not expecting healing. You can't lead people into that level of disappointment. That's not fair to them. That's not kind to them. We're not going that way. We're not going to do that. What did Jesus say for that? Get behind me. Because that offers no hope. And we have a hope that overcomes all, all disappointment. <clears throat> Another one I'll just throw out as so I'm finishing is I think you need to disentangle disagreement from disapproval. How do you, how do you process a disagreement with somebody else? Because I find a lot of people attach disapproval to disagreement. They're different things. So if I disagree with you over something, it's got nothing to do with disapproval, just happen to disagree. 
It could be over which is the best football team in England. There are various parameters you can try and measure that by. <laughs> None of us will be right. <laughs> no, that's a silly thing. But the, the, what I find is, is that particularly in Christian circles, people find disagreement. And, and because they have uh, particularly disagreeing with leaders... Well, because if you've got a hierarchical mentality in a slavish way, then actually, you've, oh, come on, me, I have to get my courage up to, to disagree with Pete. Oh, he's a, oh, oh. oh, you come and disagree with me. I might disagree back with you. Um, that's all right, isn't it? But don't attach my disapproval to if I disagree with you. They're completely different. And this is particularly true in leadership, that people, oh, my goodness, you never... And I think that's a big, big stronghold, a cultural stronghold that we need to break. Right, I'm going to pray. We're going to finish, and then I'll pick this up again in a couple of weeks' time, all right? So I'm going to give a list of other stuff we can deal with. I'd like you to stand with me, if you would. Just, I want you to stand, and we're just... We've got to go get the kids in a minute. At, um, how would you deal with Jesus' rebuke? <laughs> would he be being kind to you? But the Bible also says this, be gentle with and patient with everyone. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for this power that you've placed within inside us, which is literally unstoppable if it's allowed to flow. Thank you that he who is inside us is greater than he who is in the world. And Father, we pray for the wisdom of heaven to be our wisdom. And we pray you would give us dogged determination to resist ungodliness and to release heaven on earth. Amen. Thank you guys.